Welcome to Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. And now, here's your host, Work Mom. Hello, everybody. It's Lori Jovas. Thank you for joining us for Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. And today we have two guests with what's happening in our country right now and the Black Lives Matter movement and so many white folks like myself starting to really open up our eyes to what we have been missing for so long. The whitewashing of our history, the the just the things that we don't know or pay attention to. Um, this movement that started as part of this 2020 pandemic and the George Floyd murder and all those things that have happened have really had a lot of us white people thinking those of us who thought we were allies, are we really allies? Do we really know what it's like to live as a black American? We don't. And we're starting just now starting to get our eyes opened. And personally, this journey has been really interesting to me. I have participated in a six-week group uh, program for women on how to be a better ally, um, just to get women speaking to each other openly and vulnerable, you know, with vulnerability and, um, you know, in confidence, just really sharing what we thought and what we knew and how we could be better in supporting our black sisters and brothers. And today, because of the the commitment that I've made to learn how to be a better ally, I don't I don't know that any of us really know how to be a better ally beyond just continue to try and and continue to listen to the black community and what they've been experiencing that we have had our eyes closed to. As I, we've been going through this, one of the things that I thought I could personally do is amplify black voices. And so one of the things that I do on social media is I have several people that I follow that are amazing experts and influencers in business in the areas that I participate in that are black business people that have amazing things to say. So I share and I, you know, engage back and forth with that kind of content purposefully. But I also thought, well, let's see what would happen if we could use Work Mom Says and this podcast platform to amplify a couple of amazing black voices. Um, and those would be the voices of my two dear girlfriends, Ayanna King and Dominique Wilson. And Ayana, um, go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm going to let you tell us what you do because I don't know that I would do you justice. So hi, Ayana. <laughs> hi, Lori. Thanks for having me on today. Um, so yeah, I'll introduce myself. My name is Ayana King and I am owner extraordinaire of Maximum Communications. Um, my business is two part and one part is a lot of consulting where I do social media coaching. I do content coaching. Um, reputation and review management. And I teach people how to reach out to the media so that they can get some earned mentions. But the other part of my business from day one, when I started was all about diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace and really starting that conversation and helping people to understand why it's a conversation worth having. Um, so that's my business, Maximum Communications. Thank you, Ayana. And next I'd like to introduce Dominique Wilson. Dom's been with us before, and she'll be with us again, I hope, if she agrees. Um, Dom, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what you hope to talk about today. 
Hey, I'm Dominique. Um, I'm a senior art director at an ad agency, and I also am a business owner. My business is also two parts. Um, so I have to say that I help people show up for themselves and show up in their businesses. So um, one half, I do self-acceptance and color therapy coaching, and the other, I do brand storytelling coaching. And her work is amazing. Absolutely amazing. The color coaching, I think we need to do a whole episode on that, Dom. Because the color coaching, (laughs) yeah, the color coaching that Dom does really teaches you how to use color to reach your goals, which sounds like, wait, what? But how to Mm -hmm. use color as a way to remind you of things that you want and the way you want to be and to help you create feelings that help you move towards your goals. So she had me pick some colors. I've been through two of her workshops and it's changed. They've changed how I live my life. Honestly, they really have done. I hope that, uh, I hope that makes means something to you because I know when you're working as hard as you do and doing so many things, it can be hard to see how it affects the other people. And the work that Dom does is amazing. And, uh, we'll, we'll get to that in another episode. I think we'll give the whole episode to it, but, um, I am going to turn the microphone over to Ayana and Dom to run the show today. And, uh, I'll be here participating, but it's their show today. So take it over, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for having us. Um, Dom, I know that you and I have already kind of had this discussion. We're friends outside of this podcast too. So it seems like whenever we get together, we are kind of discussing what's going on in the black community as far as um, working in business. So Mm -hmm. this is this is just going to feel like girlfriends getting together again. Hey, girl. Hey. I love it. I love it. So, Dom, what do you want to do? You want to start out by talking about what it is like navigating corporate spaces because you are still in, you are still working right now yeah. um, in a corporate space. I am not, but I remember it well. <laughs> um, I am not that far removed. So you want to start out there and just what that experience is like? Yeah, I usually... Um, I think one of the things that I bring up first is um, this feeling of being the only. Mm -hmm. Um, I am not one of those people who likes to be the only person who looks like me in any space I'm in. So um, for me, as somebody who I grew up mostly around black people until I was probably like 22. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that has been extremely jarring for me. Um, Just, you know, not necessarily just visually, but also just um, how people communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And then, um, especially the past few months have been, they've been different from what I'm used to because usually whenever anything happens, if somebody's, you know, murdered by the police, we all expect, okay, nobody's going to talk about this when I get to work. So I'm going to feel my feelings in the off time. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that hasn't happened since June. It's been tons of conversations about it. And, that has also been jarring for me because I was not prepared for that and prepared to basically not have as much separation as I used to have, because now I'm, you know, thinking about systematic racism all the time outside Mm -hmm. of, you know, the little bit of quote unquote breaks I used to have. Yeah. That has to be really interesting. I can't imagine it being such a, such a change that all of a sudden, how does that feel to have all of a sudden all the white people think they want to talk about these things that you've been dealing with your whole life? It's weird. Cause it's, a, it's like, I try to, I try to be mindful of people's ally journey in any 
in any, uh, I guess, topic. But I guess because, you know, being a black woman, this one is the most personal for me. So I, a lot of times I arrive at this feeling of what took you so long? because nothing is new honestly just actually still don't understand what made this different for a lot of people um so yeah it's just like a a little bit of a struggle of just being okay with maybe since they're ready to talk maybe i just need to do what i already was doing and keep talking myself and saying how i feel that way the conversation keeps going it doesn't just die down Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have a totally different experience now because I'm not working in a corporate space. And quite honestly, like, I cannot imagine what that would feel like right now, especially coming from where I did come from, where I wasn't only as well. Um, I will say that from an entrepreneurial standpoint, and I'm working with a lot of different clients and business owners, um, I think that there's still a lot of reluctance to bring it up, to talk about it. People are very much like closed mouth. And so um, right after the murder of George Floyd, like right after it happened, um, I was feeling all these feelings too. Like a lot of us were, like a lot of us were across Mm -hmm. gender, across race. Like a lot of people were feeling some kind of way, but particularly the black community was feeling heavy because we had never seen any, although we knew things like this happened, of course, um, to see it play out like that, which was also traumatic for many of us, um, to see that, and we didn't want to see it, and then to have to talk about it. Um, I just decided for me, I was going to talk about it when I wanted to, if I wanted to, period. And I think mm-hmm. I have a freedom in working for myself that I understand a lot of my sisters and bro- brothers, my black sisters and brothers, do not have in corporate spaces. So Mm -hmm. at one point, this was very vivid, and I remember it happening after the murder. um, I was um, a part of a chamber group conversation where we were all Zooming, um, and I remember, like, just getting very emotional, talking about it and saying, like, this is what I have seen since the murder of George Floyd. These are the kinds of posts I have seen from chamber members from business owners who are being super insensitive and I dropped the F bomb <laughs> and this is a business setting, but it warranted it. And immediately yeah. I said, I'm sorry. And then I was like, no, I'm effing not sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why, but that was so freeing for me. And I'm telling you, I felt like physically, it felt like my throat opened up <laughs> because <laughs> for black women all over this country, we have been swallowing our words for a long, long time. I remember the morning of 2016 of that election. I remember crying on my way to work. I remember Mm -hmm. because I knew I was going into a space where I was the only, and where some people, not everybody, where some people were celebrating what I knew was a disaster for people who looked like me. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just navigating corporate spaces, um, navigating corporate spaces in a time like right now, when these traumatic events continue to happen, and it's almost like it's happening regularly, it's, we should not let it become something that's normalized. Um, So people are talking about it in offices, and there is this push towards talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? Um, but what mm-hmm. I will also say is, do not make me your teacher. 
Don't come down to my office. Yeah. <laughs> especially, especially when we do not have a relationship. When you have been passing me in that good hallway, I need you to keep that energy. Don't come to me now trying to ask me how I feel, asking me what you should do. Go do your homework. Don't come talk to me. Come talk to your people. Talk to your family. Talk to your other coworkers. Talk to people that you are in relationship with because that's what needs to happen. So navigating corporate spaces is very difficult because we do not always have the freedom to say, I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said about um, giving yourself space to talk about it when you want to, because mm-hmm. that was something I did was I had to set a boundary. But you notice know about me, I'm very much a type of person where if I have to be uncomfortable in a situation, everybody has to be uncomfortable. So, <laughs> you have said that. You have said that. <laughs> so, um, so it, for me, it was like also allowing myself, reminding myself, you don't have to be that person to say something every single time. That's because right. Because what I was doing is I was like, well, people are talking about it and I'm going to push them to keep talking about it. So I would keep, you know, talking and saying things that were on my mind. But then it was like, that was extremely draining for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, well, you can't, you don't have to always be that person. Like mm-hmm. say it when you feel like it, but otherwise it's okay to just not say anything sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I just, I ahead. have to add in something. Mm-hmm. This is something I see frequently in the white community is I'm going to ask my black friends. Mm-hmm. Why do you ask the black community to educate you about a white problem? Mm-hmm. Not a black problem. It's a white problem. Yep. And people, white folks, just whoever's listening to this that might not have had this experience before, don't. If you <laughs> want to be educated by someone in the black community about racism and allyship, you pay them to do that. There are experts that do that, and you pay them to do that. You don't expect the black community to hold your baggage. Mm-hmm. It's your baggage, and for you to expect an, a, a black American to tell you how to deal with your racism is inappropriate mm-hmm. and, or to even ask the questions it's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why a lot of, I mean, I, I think our country is very whitewashed, but I think that's part of it is, is, well, why shouldn't I? Well, because it's not their job mm-hmm. to educate you. Mm-hmm. So I have to throw that in there because I see that so often. No, that's a good point. And if I can add two things to the back of that, um, One is I tell folks like when I'm having these conversations in corporate spaces, um, I say, you know what? We get on this good Internet for everything else. If you want to learn how to make a squash frittata, you will go to 25 different doggone websites, you know, but you're going to come and ask me. You're going to come and ask me um, how to be a decent human being and be able to show that. Don't come and talk to me about that. Now, I will say the exception is. When I am in relationship with someone, when I am in deep relationship with someone, that means like not I see you at an event and I say, hey, what's up? Not we've had a cocktail three times in the three years I've known you. I mean, when we spend time together, Mm -hmm. I'm not upset if my friend says, you know what? Um, What do you think about this? Was this situation wrong? Um, How would you have responded in this way? Because I think of it differently. We are in relationships, so we're having a conversation. And part of being in relationship with someone is having um, the freedom, right, 
um, and the confidence that I can talk to you about the hard things. Yep. Um, the difference mm-hmm. is we are in relationship. Yep. We are in relationship. So the same way you would talk to me about anything intimate, your children, your husband, um, your finances, things that we would confide in normally. That's how you know mm-hmm. if it's right or not. If you yep. would confide in me and I would confide in you in other high tense challenging situations and conversations, then I know, and you know, it's okay. If we have Mm -hmm. never sat down and talked about anything worth a doggone, don't you dare, (laughs) don't you dare, don't do it. Because Ayana King in 2020 is different than Ayana King in 2016, because I'm telling you, I have freedoms about being my own business owner that I did not have before. And Dom and I have talked about this, especially when you're talking about in the workplace, you have to find out who is safe yeah. for you to talk to. Yep. Not everybody is safe. I worked in an environment where I was very friendly with a lot of people. Okay. But I knew who my friends were there mm-hmm. and they knew me and they know me today. <laughs> um, and so, you know, there's something to be said about how do we know who's safe in our, I'm not even going to say our circle in our environment, because I can be in an environment with you and you're not in my circle at all. I can spend a lot of time with you and you are not in my circle at all. Um, so I don't know, Dom, you might want to, you're still there right now. And I know that you and I have talked about this. So how are you even knowing for yourself past, present, maybe in the future, um, that somebody is safe for you? So it's funny. Cause like in personal relationships, when I meet people, I usually just, I'll bring up something that, for, that where I have to bring up being black. And I do that a lot of times to like, before anything happens that, you know, where I'm going to be feeling really down about it. I want to see how they're going to react to it. Mm-hmm. And, and I noticed though, since we talked about this, I was like, I don't really do that at work. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what I have done is, um, I just kind of pay attention to how they talk about things in general, how they react to uh, a, a little bit of the same thing. I guess I'll purposely bring up my blackness, even if it like doesn't really, I didn't need to at the time, um, but usually it'll be an okay. You're going to find an avenue. Yeah. <laughs> I will, but I love it. in a, it'll be, you know, related to work. So, I mean, even if it's just like casting or something like that, I'll mm-hmm. bring it up. And well, casting is relevant, but anyway, um, but I'll just kind of bring up stuff in different ways, I guess, um, or point out things in our work and see from there. And so, um, for the most part, I usually have had at least one person. Um, I know one of the time I don't even, it's sad cause I don't even remember who was killed this particular time. Like that's how many times this has happened. It's awful. But, um, this particular time remember I was really like just down at work and I was holding together and it was somebody who I was good friends with. And she was, was one of two people who asked me if I was okay. Mm-hmm. And nobody, and, and otherwise it didn't seem like people even noticed there was a difference in my, um, you know, in my demeanor or whatever that day or those few days. And mm-hmm. so, um, I think it was just a matter of, like I said, just sometimes you just got to bring stuff up and see what happens because, but I know that's not easy for everybody. I'm like, I'm an extrovert and I'm just like, whatever happens, happens type of person. And so I think if, if you can just find like 
even tiny relevant ways to to bring up something, even if it's just as simple as asking somebody what they think about, you know, I don't know this print ad that and the, the person, the people in it, you know, stuff like that. If you tie it to work, sometimes starts to get you get people talking in a way that you can see, OK, is this person some, somebody that I can go to if something's wrong or are they going to mm-hmm. get defensive or gaslight me in some way if I do? OK, so for me. Um, I don't know that I was always good at this because I think, um, I am until you give me a reason not to be, I'm naturally friendly with everyone. So because Mm -hmm. of that, I will say throughout my life, um, even today, not just in corporate spaces. Um, I have been perpetually disappointed in people because, um, you may think that you are in a good relationship with someone and then they say something really off the wall to let you know, like, Oh, okay. You are, you are not somebody that I want to be in relationship with. Um, so I always had a harder time, a more difficult time really seeing who was safe and who was not. But what I will say is I might not have always known who an ally was, but I could always tell when somebody wasn't. And I don't oh, know if yeah, that makes sense. Tell that. So no, I can, can tell, tell body language. You act like you don't even want to look at my face when I'm talking yep. to you. You don't take the time to figure out that my name is Ayana. It's not that hard. Um, so it's small things for me that would help me find out if someone was safe. But sometimes um, I still wouldn't know. Sometimes I would still be disappointed because, you know, then it would be something like, another black person is shot dead in the streets and now you're posting some all lives matter stuff. And I'm like, Oh, mm. okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That lets me know that lets me know. Um, some other dead giveaways for me is, you know, of course the, um, I don't see your color. That's always like a dead giveaway for me. Like for some people in the past, maybe that would have been, Oh, let me let my guard down. That makes me feel so much better. But for me, I would always be like, Hmm, Hmm, no <laughs> red flag red flag um so i don't always know that i could tell when someone was safe um i just think over time as i like build relationships with people if i can go back to 2016 one person that really stood out to me besides like my work buddy who i trusted him and him and i had some very convert like very candid conversations um and he was a young white man but we We vibed, we did. Um, But one day somebody from my HR department um, after the election, um, just, (laughs) we always had a friendly conversation. We always like were laughing together, but it was the most serious I ever saw her. And one day I saw her in the break room after all this and she was just like, are you okay? And it was the way she said it. It was how she said it. It was, I knew that she was thinking of me. I knew that she was thinking of me. Um, And she continues to check on me to this day. She continues to support me to this day. And so my feelings about her were right, um, but they haven't always been right about people. You know, as a business Mm -hmm. owner, I have parted ways with people since June, Um, you know, again, but I'm in a different space. So I don't have to work with you. I won't, period. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, it's interesting, Ayana, if I can chime in here. I know mm -hmm. there's a, um, there's a, 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 perception or there was a perception that you keep politics out of business and you keep mm-hmm. religion out of business. And then mm-hmm. when I was coming up, I mean, I'm 57. So that would be like in the eighties and nineties, you were 
you didn't talk religion or politics ever in business. And, and so when what happened in 2016 happened, which I don't know that we need to say what it was, we all know, when that, when that happened, um, we, it was a, it was a change. It was a huge change in how, you know, in, in how people felt and how they, how serious politics became in our culture. And to me, when, when 2016, that election went the way it did, a lot of us knew that we were in for trouble. A lot of us knew there was a lot of racism and there was Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, misogyny and a lot of, you know, bigotry and just horrible things coming out of that were going to come out of that administration. Mm -hmm. We knew it. And what I made a decision at that point in time that as far as my Facebook social media was going to be, I would address those things that were happening. And I would say what needed to be said. And I would express what needed to be expressed. And I, I think that a lot of people were offended by it. And I just felt very strongly about it. Now, I won't do it on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is all business. Um, I will, once in a great while, you know, the Black Lives Matter narrative to me is, link, is LinkedInable. It's mm-hmm. not politics. It's not politics. It's not a candidate. It's a human rights issue that we can all get behind. And so the the thing about, you know, keeping politics out of business, to me, I broom that. I don't want to work with people that are supporters of what's happening in our current administration who, who say all lives matter and who, you know, who basically try to to minimize mm-hmm. what we've been doing in this culture for the last, you know, couple hundred years. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to me that people think that this is politics when honestly, I, I don't see it as politics anymore. It's not. I'll tell you, um, when I started my business, I just was, first of all, I was not someone who all my life was like, I'm going to be a business owner. I want to be an entrepreneur. I was very happy working for someone else. Nine to five. I knew when my check was coming, all of that. Um, But again, um, just over the last few years, I wanted to be free to be myself. Um, And a lot of that is my own fault, right? Because I'm I'm growing up in a society that really tells me to shrink in some spaces. And so I learned how to shrink, but it Mm -hmm. didn't feel good. So when I started my own business, um, my mindset was really the mindset that um, business is personal for me. It is very personal for me. Um, so that whole, you know, like it's not business, it's personal. It's not, it's not, or it's not personal, it's business. Um, I was like, I, I don't have to take that. Like, that is not my philosophy. My philosophy is let's normalize business being personal. Um, it is, it's so, I mean, you want to bring your whole self to the office. That's right. Open hearted self. So I'll say for me, like my clients um, they know who I am because I'm transparent about who I am, whether it's on link- LinkedIn or Facebook, like people know how I feel. Just mm-hmm. part of my business being what it is in diversity, equity, and inclusion, people kind of already know what to expect from me. And I will say this, people who do not like that part of me, they won't do business with me anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that too. Um, but there have been times now that people just will, they will want to work with me. So they'll just keep it quiet and I'll find out from somebody else. And to oh. those people, I say, well, that's oh, wow. that's probably the way you better be. That's probably the way that you better be. That's the best. Crawl back under that rock. <laughs> you better, okay, you better crawl under the rock. Put a few tops. 
on top of that rock, like bury yourself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't I don't want to know anything about it. <laughs> don't. And, and, and let me find out you've been lying <laughs> about who you are. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. So it is very personal to me. And, um, it is again, like that was difficult to navigate in corporate spaces where you are the only, because even posting, um, even posting politically, like my own political beliefs. I remember when I worked in the office, it was my work partner who told me that my boss was like, oh, she thinks you're dangerous. She said she had to stop following you on Facebook. Now, mind you, I'm not disrespectful. <laughs> I, have, oh I have parents who, who love me and guess what I will never do? Embarrass my family. But what mm-hmm. I will do, what I will do is, is call wrong, wrong when it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my attitude even now is if me posting about injustice if that offends you move the hell on i'm not your type of chick anyway i'm not your person i'm not your girl yep. i'm not the person you want to work with i'm not we're not gonna vibe and i vibe with tons of people because that's just my personality but mm-hmm. i will not i will not ever again because i have in the past um i will not play nice with people who don't care about people who look like me period mm-hmm. period and that's in business. That was- that's in my personal life. That was something uh, me and Ayana talked about when we were like talking about what we wanted to say here was um, I, people don't realize this on my portfolio site. I always had this illustration of my face and mm-hmm. people were just like, oh, that's cute, whatever. But the reason I did it was because, um, you know, there's, I, I didn't want to ever end up in an interview. And when the first time I meet somebody, they realize I'm black and then that you can and then there's like this whole weird vibe the whole rest of the time. Mm-hmm. I wanted anybody who was looking at my work to know me ahead of time. Yeah. That way, if they were going to not pick me because of how I look, they wouldn't call me at all. Yeah. Right. And, and, I, and like so many people, you know, don't know that that's the reason, but that has always been the reason. And even with my businesses, that's been part of the reason. Like I try to um, either I use a lot of pictures of me. Or even when I'm not using pictures of me, I will purposely find tons of pictures of black women because I want people to know from the beginning, this is what you're getting. Even if whatever I'm talking about in that particular post, I don't mention, you know, being black at all. Mm-hmm. Because I, just, I want people to know, I want to set the, I guess, set like expectations from the beginning. Yeah. See, so there's all these like mental gymnastics that I don't think... People who are non-black understand about like mm-hmm. trying to get a job and, you know, trying to dress right for that job interview. And, you know, maybe if I'm a person that says y'all all the time, I've got to remember not to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Let me enunciate my S's. Damn that. <laughs> I just want yeah, to oh do the work yes. I'm good at the work. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's so <sighs> tiring and so exhausting. And um, if you want to be a better ally in the in the workplace, be aware of those kinds of things. Be yeah. aware of maybe what am I doing that says to my black and brown coworkers, you cannot be yourself. Because sometimes mm. we do subtle things um, that make girl. I feel, even I forgot about that. Go ahead. That? I'm gonna come back to that. Go ahead. I was just gonna say like um, sometimes. Um, people in the workplace, white people in the workplace, um, unknowingly do things that let black and brown people know you cannot show up this way. Um, yeah. whether it's comments about our hair, 
whether it's comments about, you know, sometimes people do things um, to try to make you feel more comfortable. So maybe they'll change the way they talk because they think it's how you talk. Um, oh my goodness. Maybe we don't have anything else to bring up. So if I'm a black guy, maybe the first thing you're going to bring up is sports, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all of these things. So it takes a lot of, mm. if you want to be a good ally, um, it really takes a lot of inner reflection before you start doing all of this external stuff. Um, check your own heart. Where are my own biases? What am I doing to contribute to some of the negative impacts that are in the workplace or out in the community with people of color? Like, where am I contributing to the breakdown? Um, because the goal is me, myself better, not community better. That's great, too. That's important, too. But it starts with me. It starts with mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Um, and so when I see people purposely um, trying to learn, trying to understand trying to have better relationships, um, I say to myself, okay, that person is on their way. You know, what I don't yeah. like is when people are waving that ally flag, when they want everybody to know, I'm mm -hmm. an ally, I'm an ally. That's different. It's different mm -hmm. and it's worse. Um, and, and black and brown folks know the difference. Black people, yeah. for sure, we know the difference. <laughs> I know an ally versus somebody who's just wanting to tell everybody they're an ally. And it's it's gross because for us, we can see it. <laughs> it's like, stop doing that. Um, uh -huh. If you're an ally, just be one. And if you're an ally, yeah. guess what? You don't have to tell anybody. I, I say the same thing about being a Christian and I'm a believer, right? But I say, if you gotta, if every relationship you go into, you gotta remind people that you're a believer, you're a horrible believer because uh -huh. your testimony should be the way you show up in the world. Exactly. If you are an ally, your allyship should show up in how you show up in the world. Not because you told me you are not because you told right. me the, the 30 books you just read in the last 12 days. I don't care. I don't care. What I need is for me to know when I show up in white spaces with you as my friend, if something jumps off, you will speak for me. Exactly. You will speak for me. I need to know that I'm safe with you because I might mm -hmm. not be safe everywhere I go. I need to be safe with you. When I go right. to lunch, I need to be safe when I go to lunch with you. Well, we have cocktails. Yep. I need to be safe with you. I don't know about the spot you're taking me to. So I need to know that I can trust you. Um, mm -hmm. And if that is not what it is, um, we're not in relationship, period. I really started mm -hmm. reevaluating my relationships with people, personal and professional. Um, and they changed. They have. Mm -hmm. Dominic, I was going to cut you off earlier. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Well, I was kind of cutting you off. So. <laughs> um, but I'm just going to back up, add two things to that. So the original thing was um, that I forgot. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did do that. So I don't do it as much anymore. But like when it came to presenting. Um, so I'm from Georgia. My accent, I don't know how much is coming out now because I'm in Georgia. But um <laughs> I would be like overly aware of, okay, I'm going to pronounce my S's because I'll cut an S mm. off of work. <laughs> I love it. I'll cut the whole back half off of work. So, um, <laughs> That's fantastic. So I, so I would, when I was presenting, I'd be overly conscious of this. So I would be trying to remember what I want to say. Um, remember what I need to say next and also remembering to enunciate over enunciate words and that which made that made presenting like really stressful really difficult and so finally especially when I start, said I wanted to do video content for my businesses I was like yeah. 
you gonna have to let something go. So I was like, you know what? If number one, I'm not, I, I don't live in Georgia anymore. So my accent's not as strong as it, you know, naturally mm-hmm. is because I'm not around people. So mm-hmm. I'm like, just talk and you you got closed captions on this video, so if somebody can't understand. <laughs> can turn <laughs> and so that made like that made presenting, talking to people, um, even just like you know being on your podcast, it makes stuff like that way easier because that's not something I'm worrying about, mm-hmm. and I don't have eight thousand things running around in my head anymore. Exactly. Um, And that's not something you need to worry about. So that's awesome to let that go. I love that Southern accent. Yes. (laughs) It's funny because I I never know when it's like going to come out. And when I'm down here, you know, you're around people. So it comes out more and I can't tell the difference. So usually somebody else is like, girl, you're acting (laughs) acting strong today. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. Sound the same to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the other thing um that I was uh oh actually I forgot what it was so go ahead. I don't remember the last thing you said. I'm sorry. It's okay. I was just thinking too about um when we're talking about like showing up as ourselves for work and you're talking about mm-hmm. your accent and worrying about that and we're thinking about all these all of these seemingly small things that we're doing in the workplace to make sure we're presentable um to make sure that that we make people feel safe and mm-hmm. we do a lot to make sure that other people feel safe um mm-hmm. but it is not reciprocated in yeah, many exactly. places i will say that i am um so encouraged by the amount of people who have and say they ready they're ready their organization is ready to have these kinds of conversations um because they are not easy And because I always like focus on self, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's you, 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 right. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's not always easy. So I think that our workplaces have to change. Obviously our communities have to change too, but the reason I think it's so important for our workplaces is because like COVID aside, we are usually at work more than we're at home. Yep. So if we can get this stuff right in the workplace, mm-hmm. we take that with us. We take that to our families. We take it to our friend groups. We take it into the community. Um, and that's why I think it's so important that these kinds of conversations, they have to happen. Um, and what's going to happen, I see, is the more people who resist, the more organizations who resist, they're going to become um, isolated from people who want to move forward. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and as more organizations grow and they see the value in diversity, they understand what equity means. They're champions for inclusion. What's going to happen is they are going to get those, um, you know, new talent that wants to come and be a part of their, their organization because people are attracted to that. Um, this old way of working, this, You know, um, I'm the man. I've always been the man. This is my family's business. What we say goes, um, you know, people are afraid to talk. People are afraid to bring up anything that has nothing to do with like fiscal responsibility and bottom lines and all that. They're going to die out. Your people will leave. They will. Your people will leave Um, because our culture, our American culture, the way we work is changing. And this new generation that's coming up, it is different. It is. It's different. Very different. Our families are multicultural. They're multiracial. Um, they are more progressive in thought, you know, if not <laughs> at the polls. 
Um, we just, we want different. Um, so it's time to have these kinds of conversations. I think this is good. This is a good starting point. It really is. And I think I'd like to bring it back on a regular basis to talk about because I do think there's, it's such a deep topic. And mm -hmm. as a white person, there's so much that we don't know. There's so much that we've not been, we've not, we've had our eyes closed to. And there's also so much of our history that's been whitewashed and so much about our government workings and the in, internal workings of our government that we don't know about. And I, I think, honestly, uh, this this whole situation that we're in right now with the demonstrations and the, you know, the COVID and all these crazy things on a metaphysical level, honestly, I think it might be kind of what had to happen for white Americans to really get their eyes open like, okay, people, this has been really bad for a really long time, mm -hmm. and you've been allowing it and just turning a blind eye. And part of it, I, I'm part of this group, I think I mentioned earlier, there's nine women, and we got together once a week for um, conversations about race. And what shocked me was how angry all of the white participants are, mm -hmm. and how calming the black participants are the women, mm -hmm. the black women are I'm, I'm, I'm going, how do I talk to people about racism that are racist without saying you're just wrong? You're just awful and you're wrong. Stop it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work. It's very ineffective, but it's how I feel. And so the black women on this call were like, well, you have to come at it from a different. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is so bizarre because yeah. black women have been dealing with this forever Mm -hmm. White women have been messing things up forever, if you ask me. But white women have been <laughs> ignorant and not paying attention. And now that we are, we're pissed, but we don't know what to do. What do we do? Yeah. How do yeah. we help? Um, and there's some specific things we can do as far as educating ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, I watched a video that was on YouTube that was somebody in this group recommended, and it was about black men and how we demonize black men and we hold our purses tighter and we lock our car doors and we walk on the other side of the street. Mm -hmm. And so every black mother who has a black son, that's what she has to explain to him and that's what he has to live with his whole life mm -hmm. and how unfair that is. Yep. And while she was speaking, she ran photos of these amazing black men. It was a TED Talk. You know, um, Barack Obama and, you know, just every single um, black celebrity that's doing amazing things, Magic Johnson, and just all these wonderful people that we know. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm doing that for a reason. I'm doing that to desensitize you so that you stop thinking this. And then she pulled up a slide that had Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm. And a black celebrity, I don't remember who it was. And she said, and if we did this, mm -hmm. you'd really get it. Yep. Because we we are so conditioned mm -hmm. and we don't even know it. And it's just, it's it's heartbreaking to think about, but it's something that we all need to think about. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. There's another trainer, a woman, I forget her name, darn it. Um, Ayana, you might know who she is from the work that you're doing, that she's a white um, educator from... I think it was she did her most of her work in the 70s and 80s. Yes, about Jane Elliott. Yes, Jane yes. Elliott. And she said something like she talked to an audience and she does this regularly, talked to an audience of white people and said, how many of you would trade places with a, um, a black person right now? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And nobody raises their hand. And she says, yeah. no, really. And nobody, and then she turns around and she shames that audience as well. They should be shamed by saying, you know how bad it is. Yep. And you're not doing a damn thing about it. That's right. And it's very telling when you see that and you go, oh my God, Mm -hmm. because we have been blind. And those of us who choose to be, choose to try to open our eyes and try to uncover our biases and things, it's, it's, it's painful because you feel so stupid. You're like, oh my God, this is so dumb that I believed this for so long and it's very painful. And a lot of people get defensive and don't want to, don't want to dig, dig, white people dig, dig into the pain. The pain that you're feeling has no, is not even relevant or comparable to the pain that our black brothers and sisters experience every day. That's right. And the other thing that, that Jane Elliott says that I love is that the only reason we don't have that we're white is because we moved to climates where we didn't need the melanin. And that if you really look back at human history, we are all descended from black women. Come on. And, and that, come on and tell the truth, Lori. Get out of here in these streets. That yes. makes me so happy because every black woman friend that I have is amazing. There's, you know, black women are a very powerful force. And to think, oh, wow, we descended from black women, to me, made me really happy. <laughs> and it also kind of changes. There is, white is a social construct. Yes. There is mm-hmm. no, white is nothing but the color of your skin, and we've made it mean so much more. Mm-hmm. So I think I think we need to continue to talk. I would love it if um, Ayana and Dom, you would agree to be on as regular guests so that when we have some of our young people we can talk to them about how to be better allies and how to, you know, how to how to break through those inner biases and things that you've been taught, um, so that you know we continue to to amplify and elevate Black voices on this program, and also, of course, in any way that that I can personally. But uh, anything else we want to wrap up before we um, let go, ladies? I just want to point out one thing, Lori, just really quickly. Um, it's not just the young people. The young people, now, first of all, like racism is taught and we know that. And so it would be silly for me to say like, this generation is so different. Like there aren't any um, racist young people. That's a lie. But I will tell you where the most work needs to be done is in older generations. Mm -hmm. They need it. Because I'm telling you, I come from the senior living industry. That's where I got my communications experience from. Um, And what I will tell you is... We do not know as a society how to deal with old white racism, old white mm. And oh, the yeah. reason is, is because we've also been told to respect our elders, right? Um, and mm-hmm. that's very important in the black community as well. So mm-hmm. what happens sometimes is, you know, maybe grandpa or, you know, Uncle Johnny will say something that's real crazy and everybody will just say, well, he's older and you know, that's their generation. That's the wrong Mm -hmm. attitude. That's the Mm -hmm. wrong attitude. Oh yeah. You know what? When you can't teach an old dog anymore and he can't get up the stairs, you put him down. (laughs) 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 Okay. That's That's funny. That's the kindest thing you can do for doggone society. Okay. Oh my (laughs) goodness. So what I will say is we have to change our attitude. An old dog can learn new tricks if Mm -hmm. we teach them. If you yeah. teach them, if I allow you to keep peeing on the carpet, you're going to keep doing it, aren't you? But if oh, every yeah. time you come to Thanksgiving dinner and you've got something awful to say, and I say it's not welcome at this table, you're either mm-hmm. going to learn or you're not going to come to dinner anymore. 
period. So white people, if I can say anything to you, I would say, if you want to be a better ally and you do not know where to start, start in your family. Oh yeah. Start there. Yeah. Start there. Not every ally is out in the streets marching. Okay. Sometimes I appreciate the quiet ally when I know that quiet ally is making a difference in their own family. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just as important to me, um, than it is for me to see my white sisters and brothers out in the streets marching. That mm-hmm. quiet exactly. who's doing the work in their home um, is also important. We need to educate people in our circles yeah. and help them get past the biases that they have um, with a compassionate eye, which is really challenging. I'm trying yeah. to figure that out myself because I just get mad. Yeah. And I just want to say, how could you think that that's just wrong? And I, that doesn't work. It's ineffective. So anyway, I think we are, um, I think we touched on a lot of things. We yeah. could go mm-hmm. deep. We could go really deep on one or two issues and be here for hours. <laughs> so we could. I just want to say exactly. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies. And we will be um, bringing this back up in future episodes and it will be a regular topic we discuss. So if you are a listener and you're interested in hearing more from Ayana and Dom about you know racial issues or if you just have questions for me or want a topic to be discussed on Work Mom Says, um, please reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm an open networker there. It's Lori Joe Vest and just connect with me. I connect with just about anybody but the crazy people from <laughs> other countries that are trying to sell us things. Um, so anyway, I will, um, with that, we're going to wrap up. Thank you so much for being here, ladies. And We'll be back soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Work Mom Says... Don't be an idiot. For more information, you can email Work Mom at L-O-R-I WorkMomSays.com. That's Lori at WorkMomSays.com. And remember... (sighs) Don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot.